I'm Ted Baker in the studios of WEOS and WHWS at the Scanling Center at Hobart and William Smith, and this is the Hobart Football Podcast, Episode 25, Week 2, Hobart and Morrisville, Saturday, 1 o'clock, Boswell Field, joined by the head coach of the Statesman, Kevin DeWall. Welcome back. Thank you. All right, let's get this out of the way. It's 74 miles between Geneva and Alfred, and that's also how many penalties you had in the uh, opening game. What personal fouls against the defense? I mean, what happened? Yeah, there was... uh... It was definitely a uh, flag-happy game there. Really, honestly, the start wasn't as bad, but once we got going, and I think um, you know, talking with the officials, also their first game, I think they were calling some things that were questionable bang-bang plays. Um, you know, I'll always say we're going to play an aggressive style, but there was a couple that were very clear on us that were um, uh, completely unacceptable in just terms of uh, – one of them was, uh, you know, grabbing the face mask. Another one was just uh, the quarterback had dipped down. You know, it would have been a normal sack, but because we got the back of his helmet. So there's some of those plays where, you know, two bodies are moving fast. Some of them are going to happen. But um, I think a couple of those uh, in particular on the defense side of the ball, the aggressiveness has to, we have to be able to match, um, you know, using our heads at the same time of throttling down. And um, there was one or two um, that actually were overturned. Like, for example, the targeting uh, is overturned. But... In the moment, at our level, they don't have the video replay to change it in that in that capacity. So, um, there's some that uh, were were acceptable, some were not acceptable, and we talked about it. We got to be more um, smart with our decisions while still playing fast and physical. And um, you know, the one on offense was a young man with a cast, and um, you know, came in on a double team. The kid's helmet came off. I don't think it actually was a penalty, but because the helmet came off, it initiated that. So there's some that, um, like I said, during the moment, I'll never question the calls of the official. They call them. We, we now say well, we got to be able to uh, anchor down and, and do well, whether that's a 15-yard penalty against us or not. But we know moving forward we got to prevent um, some of those from, from occurring. On the other side of the penalty ledger, that young offensive line played a pretty clean game. Yeah, uh, and I think that's a part where we need to be a little bit more physical. Um, so I think uh, both sides, of it, I don't think it's ever as good as you think and never as bad as you think. And, and then when you look at the officials, um, you know, I, I never once complained about the calls on, on Friday night when we watched them on video. There were some that were clearly that they missed, and there were some that were legit. So I think it's one of those where you look at the just pure numbers afterwards, uh, and I'm sure the average fan that just looks at the totals, they're going to say, well, that's undisciplined football. Actually, when you break it down, it's quite the contrary. There were some we were in the right spot that was um, plays that the officials even said weren't legit. And um, but at the same time, there's certain ones that are you know a couple of the pass interference where we were driving when the ball was in the air. We got to do a better job technique wise to avoid some of those contacts. The toughest part, as I challenged our defense on, was I think we ultimately led that that touchdown drive was mostly penalty yards, and uh, you can't do that against a very good offense moving forward. So. Even when the game was in hand, it was 24 uh, nothing. I challenged our our team if we're going to be a really good team, we got to be able to put that game away. And we kind of partly because that drive with the penalties allowed them to then get back into a two possession game. Um, even though I don't think we were necessarily pressed there in the second half, that just the feel of that second half uh, became a little clouded because of the penalties, and it was then more based off of. Um, maybe some of the actions that we could have controlled better. And, and 100% week one, we got to do better heading to week two, and that'll be one of the areas. There's many areas, but that's one of the areas we definitely got to focus on. Sometimes statistics don't tell the story of a play. The greatest play I think I've ever seen on a football field in my life was a 23-yard punt. Toby Weffering leaps up in the air. The snap looks like it's going over his head back to your goal line. He jumps up, spears it with one hand, somehow gets the punt away, 
And then if I remember correctly, I think the next series was when they were sacked and we scooped and scored. Big, big, I mean, a huge change of events right there. Absolutely. Um, in a game that was uh, you know, already a, a close two-possession game, and um, both teams were kind of still sizing up the other one. Um, early on, that I mean, he's all 6'6", and all long arms. He needed all of it to get up there, and um, I thought it was a really athletic play on his part, but also to have the wherewithal to understand, to know, to be able to get it off, and even advancing anything over the line of scrimmage, you're not worried about what you're going to net at that point just to be able to advance the ball. Um, and um, I thought he played pretty well overall. I know, he, I know he wants the initial field goal back, but for him handling all three kicking duties, I thought um, Toby, Toby did a really good job, and that play alone was a very athletic play. Tremendous kickoff leg and great kick coverage. We kept being surprised that they didn't fair catch, and then finally in the last one, they took a fair catch at the 1 or 2 and got it to the 25, but consistently your cover unit was down there inside the 20 on a kick that's going down to the 1 or 2. Yeah, it was really exciting to see because probably when you go into game one, the, the one area that you have the, the most questions on are usually the special teams because it's tough to emulate that full speed. You know, we had a scrimmage when we did it, but even there you're still you know evaluating guys because you only have them for a week or two on campus at that point. So I thought, um, you know, you just mentioned the, the snap on the punt to the kickoff. There's a lot of variables that were out there, but I thought our kickoff cover unit was really strong. Uh, placement for Toby was pretty, pretty, pretty accurate most of the time, and then our speed down was really good. And they actually tried three different returns um, into the boundary, to the middle, and to the field. And um, I think to be able to cover all three of those in, in different ways was really good on our cover unit. And um, you know, I'm excited because if you know me well and you know our team, we want to strive on being strong in special teams. And I thought there were some new faces that stepped up on special teams. And, you know, key part of that game, even early on, was trying to win the field position between the offense, defense, and then obviously special teams. So um, I thought the kickoff cover unit was really, really strong. Let's talk about the development of that young offensive line. At one point in the game, you were averaging 1.1 yard per rush, and the holes weren't really there. And as the game went along, they started opening some up. And, of course, you got great running backs. If there's going to be a hole, they're going to gain yardage, and you wound up with an over 200-yard ground game. Yeah, I think it's it's going to be a work in progress. Uh, I know we talked about it last week that you learn a lot from who you are week one, and it's going to continue to go. But that offensive line, they just need more and more reps. And it was actually a combination. We, we're, we're still still figuring out. Like uh, I can tell you right now on Thursday, we don't know who our starting five are going to be yet. We're going to see what today's practice uh, unveils. Uh, and that's a good thing because there's actually competition that's going on, but there has to be development. And we talked about there's some very simple things that we were missing early on that's tough to emulate that same speed. You know, you go against a look squad. Our, our last week, uh, some of our guys were given a look for Alfred's defense. Well, they're not going to run it necessarily at the same speed and strength of, of Alfred's starters. And Alfred uh, was big and strong up front, and, and we knew that, uh, including their inside linebacker. There's a lot of experience there. So I think part of that was experience. Part of that was um, our running backs. Also, I thought by rotating the running backs early on, um, we had three three-man rotation early in the game that I think that also kept them fresher um, by the time we got to the third and fourth quarter. And uh, it was a combination of both the O-line, the tight ends, and actually even the perimeter blocking it a little bit better, along with, I think, the more and more touches to the running backs, they were also kind of building off of that. So uh, I think that's a tribute to the way we've conditioned our guys. Um, so I think that you know 
we were in, in, in pretty good shape to be able to endure that. But also, I think uh, the offensive line cohesiveness uh, got better as the game went on. And as we watch film, there's some very tangible things that we know we can clean up and hopefully correct as we head into week two. It looks like E.J. Taylor is going to be a big part of that offense. He's a big guy, 5'11", 220. And like you say, if, if he gets six or eight carries a game, then Tim and Rayshon don't have to carry it 25 times. Yeah, starting from the opening kickoff, EJ gave us some great field position. Uh, I think we're out past the 40, uh, 30-something yard return. That's his first touch. We talked about it last week. A couple young guys, we had two freshmen back there as returners. And we know we can put Tim and Ray back there at any time, but I believe we've got some other younger weapons. Um, you know, Him and uh, Caleb Nicholas were the two that took the opening kickoff. Caleb didn't get a return, but both those guys had shown uh, flashes. Um, we had a JV game on Sunday. We had a freshman running back that just took one to the house there too. So we got some other younger guys in the mix. But uh, I think EJ brings, you know, 215-pound running back with with good speed and quickness. Um, he's done really well picking it up, and and he's only still getting more and more comfortable with the offense. So hopefully his role can continue to grow and increase. And I, I love our running back room. I really do. You know, and, and we've just mentioned two or three, but. The competition, I even said this yesterday to our, uh, our offensive staff, is like our, there's not a huge difference between four, five, and six right now. And um, it's going to be exciting to kind of see how the year plays out as hopefully the guys will continue to grow and we're going to have competition every day. And it's a good problem to have, but we're going to use those guys in special teams and in the passing game as much as we can because it's a really talented group. We were reminded what a healthy Rayshon Boswell looks at. Like I, I love his cut. He'll start left or right and then just make that sudden cut. He's always looking to get vertical, and when he makes that cut, he'll run by you if you're not ready. Yeah, the the suddenness that maybe was lacking at times last year, um, it's there, and um, and I think that's the exciting part is, um, you know, you and I can talk about how we're going to get from point A to point B. There's a different speed and suddenness when, when Rayshon and, and really elite athletes can, can kind of do that, and, and I think... Uh, uh, he has that ability at any point to make that first or second guy miss, um, which is exciting when you talk about blocking schemes, and those guys can help make that younger offensive line group, that younger tight end group look right if a guy misses, that, that hopefully we can make the first one miss and get to the second and third level. Johnny Columbia started red hot. He was 8 of 10. He finished, I think, 13 of 26. Uh, evaluate his game. One thing we, we notice about him is there's not a lot of air under that ball. It gets to the receiver. Yeah, there's uh, just the way that the way we were playing and partly the game plan. We didn't take as many vertical shots. Um, I think with a younger offensive line, we were trying to get the ball out a little bit quicker. Um, and knowing up front their experience in the front four, plus their inside linebackers, they were rushing five consistently. I just didn't want to have him an ability. You know, we were trying to win first and second down to give us workable third and fourth downs. I thought our efficiency could have been better on third and fourth. We missed some things, but um, I think the protection was was pretty sound. A couple of those were him throwing them away, uh, which shows a little bit of maturity that's not worried about just the completion percentage. I thought that he graded out really well. There was only two or three reads, and, and what I like about Johnny is like we sat down and really looked at that film intently, and he was super honest, super critical of his own mistakes, but with a curiosity of how to learn. He wants to get better, and he knew a couple, um, you know, there's one or two balls I know he wants back. There was also a couple. Are those of, the ones where the receiver cut up and he threw out. Yeah, well, him? actually, that, that's what I was going with. A couple yeah, of them were two. actually the receivers weren't on the same page. Okay. Um, so either route depths or sight adjustments based on the coverages we were seeing. 
I think the the one was the the slant where they uh, intercepted it. He made the wrong read there, and then there was one other one where they and then they had some pretty good um, you know defensive backs that you know clouded up some of the the reads for the quarterbacks and the receivers. But a handful of those incompletions were um, route depths by tight ends or receivers that um, you know we were just off uh, and. No excuse that's on me as a, as a coordinator to make sure that our chemistry and the timing and rhythm will improve as we go from week one to week two. And my goal is it doesn't stop improving. Hopefully you're going to see that continually improve. And uh, I thought we've had uh, a pretty good response, especially in the passing game this week in terms of just some of the things we're working on. I know a completely different opponent that we're going to face and different covers and all that. But you know, really the focus was not what Elford was doing. It was more what Hobart's doing. And on offense, we're still a work in progress. Um, there's been very tangible growth and improvement from what I've seen so far through um, two practices this week and perfect Thursday this afternoon hopefully is going to equal another day of, of growth. Defensively, pretty solid game overall. The one touchdown drive, like you said, was really fueled by penalties. What stands out right away to me, the, the front three, well, the front six, the two guys each of the three D-line positions had 14 tackles. That's a lot of tackles. For a D-line. Very active. Uh, we're going to be, uh, we're not going to be the biggest group. When people look at our D-line, we've known that for years, but I think they've worked hard in the weight room with Coach Gray and our, and our strength staff that, that we're going to be pound for pound strong and explosive. It matches the style of play we want. We're going to move, we're going to be aggressive, we're going to attack, we're going to blitz, we're going to stunt, we're going to come from a lot of different angles, but at the end of the day, we still comes down to being gap sound and uh, I thought they did a pretty good job making the quarterback uncomfortable. Maybe not as many sacks as, as we could have had and should have had, but at the same time, I think there was a point in that game where uh, we made the O-line and the quarterback uncomfortable, and that's what you strive for on defense. I know Coach Green and the defensive staff uh, thought we could tackle better. Obviously, some of those 15-yard penalties that gave them first downs, gave them yardage. Uh, we missed a tackle on uh, on the touchdown play. So there's there's a ton of opportunities in terms of block destruction, being gap sound and, and angles, but um, like like our offense, um, there's plenty of areas to grow off of, but the effort was there, and uh, for the most part, we were on the same page, and I think that's where we can build off of that as we head into week two. Let's talk about the challenge that D-line faces this week from an offensive line of Morrisville that averages 308. They're big. There's no other way around it. They, uh, they're they big. They, they're they going to cover us up, and uh, it definitely is going to be a challenge for the front. Uh, I think uh, we saw that last year against Morrisville State. I know they have different guys up front, but they were able to, at crucial times in that game, lean on us defensively. And Moore just didn't give up the negative play. And part of our defense is striving for that negative play, the turnover, the takeaway. Um, you know, I thought last year in that game, um, right late in the game when we were trying to get off the field, they were able to convert a couple um, first downs and then and kill the clock at that point. Um, this year, it's a different group. Uh, the quarterback's a year older, wiser, stronger. He's their focal part of their offense. He's their leading rusher. He's their punter. He's their thrower. He's everything for them. But they have um, a really big offensive line, and uh, as, uh, as always, they're going to do a lot of uh, run pass, play action, and try to really lean on that to get the linebackers up to be able to hit some, some throws downfield and behind us. So uh, as always, we need to stop the run, but make sure that we're, we're going to be disciplined on the back end to not hopefully give up those big plays that they're striving for. They always used to say Penn State was the linebacker factor. I think in D3, it's Hobart. I mean, you keep graduating these great guys, and people step up. Cash and Young had a great game. Mike McGee, you've got great depth. You've got Peterson Manexant backing up, who was a veteran that played a lot last year. Drew Walsh, converted running back. I mean, that's a strong group at linebacker. 
Yeah, we we were pleased with where we've gone. I think over the last couple of years, we've been able to add to that depth and, and knock on wood. Hopefully, we can stay healthy. But I thought our linebacker group coming in, based off of what we saw in the spring, was a, was a strength for us, and it proved that. And uh, you know, going against each other in, in preseason, and um, I thought they played pretty hard. They played aggressive. It gives us the ability to maybe focus on being able to rotate and keep guys fresh and healthy. You know, Peterson didn't start. There's an all-league player. He was the defensive player of the week for the Liberty League. He had a great, great performance as well and, and still missed some things. And I know he's hungry to unproven. And I thought uh, collectively and quietly, Anthony Romano had a very good game, but there was other inside linebackers that stepped up with him. So we're not a, uh, a, a one-trick pony at the linebacker. We got depth, and, and uh, we're going to find ways to use those guys. And, again, hopefully they'll, they'll also carry over on special teams because they each had a pretty significant role there too. And I thought a lot of those guys made good reads. There was one play they ran some jet sweep action, and Mike McGee chased it right down. They weren't getting fooled or sucked in on any of that play action stuff. And that's going to be the telltale sign of us going forward is as aggressive as we are, can we still be disciplined and, and know our, our be sound in our judgment based on our alignment and our assignment. And uh, I thought Mike McGee is one that uh, he's performed really well at that strong side outside linebacker for us. And, uh you know, I think we have the, the good fortune, you know, Jamin Bliss, um, Peterson Manexit, you know, and a handful of the names you've already mentioned, all those linebackers have had a, a good strong start and, and they'll be tested this week and moving forward. I know the teams are going to try to use that aggressiveness against us. And like we said in week one, your secondary, if they play good coverage, it opens up everything else. You can blitz. You didn't blitz a lot in this game, but that option's there because you don't need a, as much linebacker support in the secondary. Yes, and I think that's the uh, the telltale sign is like, you can pack the box. You can be aggressive up front at times. Um, again, you don't want to live and die by that. But uh, at times, knowing that we've got much more experience on the back end, and just something as simple as you know having um, you know boundary corner experience. When uh, Abdullah Diallo had to go out in the third quarter, um, you know it wasn't any questions. The next guys, we had two guys ready to go. And and again, we're fortunate that uh, through recruiting and through development, hopefully we have depth. Some positions are stronger than others, and but that's why we're gonna, you know, always gonna have those younger guys. We go back to in the past getting those guys experience. Well, Chris Tumba and Bengali Kante have, have have experience, so it's not like they haven't seen that action, and they were able to jump in and I thought performed pretty admirably right there, ready to go. And, and we're still rotating, so those guys were gonna rotate in anyways. But now, um, in the event, you hope it doesn't happen, but in the event of any injuries or. You know, there was the call that um, you know that, that Abdul had to uh, not play the rest of the half, and um, fortunately, we had other guys ready to go step up and kind of that next man mentality. Yeah, it was his backup, Chris Tumba, that picked off the pass. Yes, yep. So he had a, a crucial pick going down in, and then uh, you know Joe McCoy, who was a great corner last year, playing more safety this year, had a, an interception that led us to the short field that helped expand that lead and. I just think complimentary football. I know it. Um, you know, I, I say it often, and I think it's so true for us. When we're playing well, it's, I go back to when I was a young assistant with Coach Craig through our special teams, and over the years, when Hobart football plays best, we have, we're complimentary, uh, meaning that the offense is helping the defense, the defense is helping the offense. It's not like we got to go out and score fifty; they don't have to go pitch a shutout, and then you throw in special teams. And I, and I thought there was moments where. Uh, it just felt like there was complimentary football happening on Friday, and we're, we're just going to try to fine-tune it and make sure that each week we're getting a little bit stronger and better in those areas. So here's one of those media guy questions. <laughs> Last year, you go to Morrisville, you're starting quarterback suspended. 
first possession, you move the ball but come away without points. They start pounding it and, and had, I think, I don't know, 40-something minutes time of possession. Got the win. Do you talk about last year at all looking at this year? We've, we've tried not to. Um, last year's a much different team. That was a different situation. Uh, I know Ed and, and uh, Ed Ravy, the, the coach at uh, Morrisville State, he's going to they're going to be strong on defense. They're going to be very disciplined. And last year, they did uh, the blueprint that we typically will do. Uh, they took advantage of our mistakes. They possessed the ball, and, and I give them credit. They outperformed us on that day. Um, you know, we looked at it. You know, uh, you know, literally their first touchdown. We jump off sides. It's a free play. They get a free seven there. You know, and we literally each team had one possession through the first quarter. It was yeah. one of those sh- short games. I mean. And then all of a sudden, there's a fumble that goes for a touchdown. Then we fumble, especially in play. And all of a sudden, it's 21-3. to three and, and say what you want about the score. They outplayed us. They were um, senior-laden at the linebackers. They played us smart. Obviously, we weren't at full strength. We had a couple injuries within that game. There's no excuses. They outplayed us, outperformed us. Um, I, I hope that we learned a lot from that game last year. Um, we're a much different team. I know Morrisville State's going to be a much different team. So, it, you know, the, the greatest thing about football is, you know, you can learn from the past, but it's all about the now and, and what you're doing in this point. So um, we're hoping that in most games that we're going to be the ones that will capitalize on turnovers. We're really going to be the ones that are going to be a little bit smarter in those positions. But I also think that also uh, was a really good game for Johnny Columbia to get some experience in that game last year. And if you remember, like, we started Joe Pelletier. We were still at that yeah. point. We had competition for the number two quarterback last year. And that game and, and the weeks that transpired afterwards kind of helped us determine that Johnny moved from, you know, up the depth chart and past some senior quarterbacks. So, you know, Johnny's a better quarterback now. We're a much different offense. We're going to be different on defense. And um, honestly, Morrisville State's a different team than they were last year. But um, we know they're a formidable opponent. They had a really good year last year as a whole. And they had a very convincing win. They were in control in their first uh, victory, and they're going to come in 1-0 and and confident because of how they performed last year against us. It's like you said, a lot of turnover. They lost five or six guys that got all-league mention to graduation. But Stephen Frerichs, the quarterback, had a strong first week throwing the ball. Great runner. Does that take away some of your aggressiveness? You've got to be a little bit careful with a quarterback that can run because if you overplay things, then he burns you with a big play with his feet. Yeah, we recruited Steven. He's a uh, high academic, high character guy. I mean, he fit all the things that we liked. Um, and uh, so it's not surprising that he's such a good player, but more importantly, a good leader for them. So uh, one of my, the things that I notice about him is he's really smart with the ball. He doesn't put it in harm's way often. And uh, so we know that, you know, and that's happened last year. They were much more um, experienced at O-line last year. So they were pounding people last year and then play action and, and Steven, you know, he was tough enough to be able to run it, and he would, they were not, they're not afraid to run it 20 times with him, you know, and um, to close the game last week, you know, he carried the ball. So we know that everything's going to go through him. Um, but for us, we got to just get back to it's, it's both what we got to do to win, you know, to compete and, and stop Morrisville State, but we're also trying to build up who we are defensively as we get ready for this whole season. So it's uh, the microcosm of focusing on Morrisville State, but at the same time, there's a handful of things that have nothing to do with Morrisville State that we have to get better at, and especially on the defense side of the ball. That's what we're focusing on this week. Um, but he is 100% going to be a, uh, a weapon of focus that we're gonna, we know we're going to have to, you know, we're not going to limit his touches because he's obviously, as a, as a quarterback, he's going to be touching every single play. But try to um, find out early on in, in the flow of the game, you know, are they going to make him their featured runner, uh, which they did at times last year. 
um, or uh, as we saw last week um, when in their first victory, it was actually he did a ton of damage through the air, um, and it really showed that they were able to throw the ball more than they did against us last year. The middle of their offensive line, 370, 335, 285. Do you expect, I know he's throwing the ball better, but do you, do you expect they're going to try to do something similar to last year and, and possess the ball 40 minutes and make it a short game? Well, I just think that's that's who they are um, in, in a complimentary way. like That's who they are. They play great defense. They're going to be sound on special teams. They're going to make sure they don't give themselves many short fields. And then offensively, they would love to, be the team that wins the time of possession and is opportunistic they've jumped on most of their opponents because of that like like i said when you don't beat yourself you become that much harder to uh to beat and uh, i think that's who they were last year and i think they're similar to kind of how we want to play we want to make sure we're, we're the ones that are giving our defense a lead and then letting our defense defend and i think they have the same concept there that they uh they're going to trust the defense is going to be stingy and not give up a lot of points so offensively as long as they can get a lead they're going to hopefully play with the lead so I think it's going to be a really strong defensive battle early on until which offense and you know they're they're bringing back uh, you know an explosive quarterback that, that says who can kind of take the lead and then from there kind of positions themselves to to win the game but I don't see this being a very high scoring game. Defensively, we're not seeing very many four-man fronts. Teams will play them once in a while, but here's another team that plays a base 3-4. What do they do defensively? They're big and thick up front. They have one young man, number 69, who's a very fast, uh, returning all-conference player. He's undersized. Uh, he plays more like a linebacker up front, so he wins with speed and quickness and is very tough. But the other big, thick guys, they do a great job occupying gaps and, and creating disruption and being chaotic at the point of attack, and then majority of it is funneled to their linebackers. Um, they do a couple different coverages you know, from year to year, and uh, they're aggressive. Uh, most of the return starters on the back end, so similar to us, they're experienced at the corner position and the safety positions. Um, I think there's a lot, a lot of similarities. They're, they really, they're a fast defense. Other than the big thickness they have up front, they're not going to necessarily be bigger, but their, their speed on defense is really impressive. And then uh, the one thing I say, like they're well coached, they're always going to be in the right spot. So you're going to earn everything. You have to earn everything. Nothing's going to be given to you defensively. Um, similar to their special team, similar to their offense. I think they're well coached, and uh, I think it's going to be a game where we're, we're going to have to go out and outplay them to win the game versus you know capitalizing on a ton of their mistakes. What are a couple of key things we should watch for in the first few minutes of the game? I think you, you mentioned it earlier. It's the line of scrimmage. Um, you know, our young offensive line against, again, another stout D-line and the speed of their inside linebackers. And then uh, on their side, their big offensive line, can they lean on, on our defense? And I think in most games, the team that wins the line of scrimmage is going to be in favor there because I think that both teams have talented skill positions across the board. My hunch is whatever team can establish the line of scrimmage on both sides of the ball a little bit more uh, on a regular basis is going to position themselves to win this game. And then it comes down to, like last year, we made some mistakes, they capitalized on them. The year before, they made the mistakes, we capitalized on them. So when we've played them over the last couple of years, it's the team that's been able to capitalize on the other team's mistake um, that's the team that's kind of advanced and, and ultimately won the last couple of games. All right, Coach, thanks for your time as always. Good luck Saturday week two. Oh, we appreciate all your support. Thank you. You can find this podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And, of course, you can get all your athletics news on the official athletics website, hwsathletics.com. Saturday afternoon, 1 o'clock, Boswell Field, Hobart and Morrisville, week two. Until then, have a great football week.